Hey friends, welcome back. Today you are going to hear the second part of my interview with Karen Harmon. Last episode set the stage for the plot twist God brought about in her life and how she struggled to find her footing in some pretty unexpected circumstances. Today we are going to hear about one of Karen's Kairos moments as her pastor presented her with a challenge. We say we believe, but belief is more than mental assent or a head nod in the right direction. Our beliefs inform our actions. So in this Kairos moment that Karen shares with us today, she was given a moment where she had to respond to something God was doing in her life, and then she had to put action behind it if she wanted to see any kind of change. I'm Julie Holmquist, and you're listening to Kairos Moments, episode number six. When you talk about that moment, if I had to narrow it down to a moment in that process, I remember meeting with a pastor friend of ours and um, I was just in a really bad place. I mean, depression was just overtaking me and Mm -hmm. thoughts that were very, very horrible. And if anyone's listening or if you or anybody you know has dealt with depression, you know how serious that 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 can be along with the anxiety and all that's attached to it. And I knew I needed to get help. And so I went to see him and he so gently and lovingly was like, Karen, I want to just kind of challenge you in something. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) because at this point I'm like, I can't do anything. I can't walk. So I haven't been able to work as a PT. I'm not able to do things that I normally do at home to even take care of my children because I can't walk. Mm -hmm. Um, My kids had to bring me a glass of water because I couldn't get it myself. You know, I had to sit in the shower. It was just at a place. I couldn't do anything. Couldn't serve a church. I couldn't do anything. And so he's like, Karen, I'm going to give you an assignment. And at that point, I'm like, okay, tell me what to do. Give me something to do. My achiever mentality in me is like, just give me something, anything to grab onto. He's like, I want to encourage you to praise God. And I'm like, okay, well, I can do that. He's like, no, no, no. Praise God, not just for the um, victory that's going to be on the other side of it. Don't just praise God for who he is and what he's done and all of that. I want you to praise God for this season. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Mm-hmm. And he's like, Karen, if Romans 8.28 is true, if all things work together for good for those who love God, if we truly believe that, then he's going to turn this situation as part of the steps to get to the ultimate victory. So praise him for this situation. And I know that there be maybe people listening that's like, what on earth? That makes no sense. I am nowhere near that. You know, and I respect that. I understand that. It is a process for all of us to go through. There isn't like this three-step thing to get to get us where we need to be. But I'm just hoping that sharing my side of the story and what I needed to do will, will encourage somebody. But I was finally at a place at that point where I was like, you know what? I will try anything. <laughs> I'll try anything. Right to help me feel better, to get me back on track with the Lord, to, to find joy in my life again. And at first it was just lip service. God, I praise you for this hip fracture. Saying that out loud is absolutely ridiculous, but I praise you for it. And I'm being completely fake because I really don't believe it, but I'm going to keep saying it. And the thing is, the more I said it, the more it got stuck in my heart. Yes. And the more I started to believe it and the more it started to take root in my spirit and my soul and mm, my mind. So good. It is. And it's just like, wow, that one moment of going, I'm going to praise you 
regardless of the circumstance. But I'm also going to praise you for the circumstance because you do work all things out for my good. I know that at the end of this, it will be not only for your glory, but for my good. I may not see it right now, but I know that you have that victory on the other side of this obedience. And so I did, I started praising him, Julie, and that's kind of where everything turned around. And I love that story, you know, in Acts, I think it's Acts 16 about Paul and Silas, you know, praising him in the prison and how chains broke and things like that. And I, and I'm telling you, that's exactly what happened in my life. Mm-hmm. And chains started to break when I started to praise instead of just looking at my current circumstance, looking at who God is, you know, and that changed everything for me. And what that did was help me go, okay, I'm going to make the most of the season that I'm in, right. I'm going to make the most of what I can do in the season. I may not be able to physically do anything, but I'm going to be creative in the calling that you've given me. I'm not going to waste the wait. I'm not going to waste this time of waiting on you to, to you know, heal me. I'm not going to waste this time of like, okay, maybe I can't really do anything physically, but there's other things that I can do. And so things started to happen where I was able to do, you know, mentoring, you know, even though I couldn't really walk a whole lot, I could still actually drive. I would drive and meet girls that I would mentor um, at coffee shops. Mm. And I started doing a little more, I guess they call it microblogging. I'm not really sure the technical term, (laughs) but, you know, just on Instagram and started just being open and honest about what I was going through. And Julie, the amount of messages and um, emails I got on my website and DMs and just, wow, like, thank you for sharing your story, Karen. And they would share their story with me of what they were going through. And it was like, even though I wasn't able to, you know, quote unquote, go out and speak or do all of these things, God was still opening doors in that calling that was on my life, just in a different way. And in a way that I would have never been able to be used by God if I hadn't been open to what he was doing in my life in that hard season. So anyway, so all that to say, it was just, it was a difficult time, a crazy time. But now on the other side of it, you know, Aiden is now almost 16 months old and physically I'm still not a hundred percent. Um, can't run, you know, I still, there's still remnants of, um, the injury. There's still remnants of, you know, remembering that contention with the Lord. I think about Jacob and the hip situation and I'm like, that's me. You know, there's still remnants of that contention and fighting with the Lord, but it's also a cornerstone to remind me of his faithfulness and his goodness. So, well, I think I connected with you on a lot of different levels, Karen, because I had a surprise baby when I was 40. Oh yeah. My youngest, um, he was, he was a surprise baby and it was like, okay, here we go (laughs) again. There's six years between him and the, his brother right above him. And I was diagnosed with autoimmune, um, Hashimoto's, some autoimmune disorders. And Mm -hmm. I had my hip replaced this last year. Oh my goodness. I remember reading about that. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I can relate so well, but it, we all get sidelined in and we're running hard after something and it's a God thing, what we're doing, but somehow we get, you know, we get sidelined and and then we start questioning. And I just, I so appreciate your story because it's real and it's not, well, I was depressed and ding, then I'm just, you know, I'm all better now. (laughs) It was a process, like you said. So that moment of praising him, praising him for the things that were going on in your life. I remember having a situation where there was a lot of unforgiveness in my heart. And as I was, you know, the Lord told me to say the words, I forgive you. And I didn't feel it at first. 
But the more I spoke it, the more I declared to that person and to myself, I forgive them that took root in my heart. And so there's something, there is, we know there's power in our words. Yes. But it's just, it is phenomenal when you experience it. It's like, I did not want to forgive that person. When I started speaking it and I started just declaring it, it became my reality. And it's not a name it and claim it. And, oh, if I say these words, I'll just feel better. No, it was a process. And I I just think we want a quick fix. We want a checklist. And a lot of times God has us in a process. And so that is a very good word. I love it. Well, you know, and the thing, if you don't mind me kind of tagging onto that whole process um, track, I think sometimes we put so much value in that final destination Mm-hmm. the beauty actually lies in the journey. And right. sometimes we miss, like you were talking about all the little things that God has for us. You know, it's not so much what he wants us to do for him. Mm-hmm. It's really who he wants us to be with him. Like, oh, that's so good. Just to be with him. You know, we sometimes, especially in this social media age where it's really easy to compare and Mm -hmm. we see all these people doing all these amazing things and we're just like, oh my goodness, I got to do that. Oh wait, she's writing. Oh, I got to write. Oh, she's speaking. Oh, I got to speak. Oh, she's like a domestic diva. I've got to like take some (laughs) cooking classes. And I I mean, there's just always something, right? I mean, always something, always, always. And so sometimes I think we get out of our lane and it's really easy to do that because we're so, we've got a swivel on our heads because we're looking everywhere except up and we're looking everywhere mm. except in. And God is like, I just want you to be with me. Mm. And when I was going through that difficult time, unfortunately, it took that difficult time for me to kind of recenter and go, okay, if it is just you and me, God, and I never do anything quote unquote, big for you again, then I have to be okay with it because this is what you want for me. Mm. And the beauty is in that journey. It's in that journey of knowing the Lord. Because the bottom line is we will never be enough. I, I, you know, I know that's countercultural to what we're hearing no. right now, but it, I preach. I love this <laughs> message. I, I, I'm, I almost gag when I hear people say you are enough. I'm like, oh my gosh. No, you're not. The greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He is more than enough for me. And I think that's the problem is we sometimes think when we go through these hardships, well, you know, because we have this mentality of I'm enough. Why can't I do this? Why can't I conquer this? Honey, you were never meant to. Greater is he that is in you. He was meant to do that in you, through you, for you. Um, And I think if we reshift that focus of God, you are more than enough. So Mm. despite whatever happens in this life, because junk happens, (laughs) you know, I'm going to trust that you are good. I'm going to trust that you do good. And I'm going to trust that no matter what you and I are in this together, you know, there's always the practical stuff we need to do as a medical professional. I I do believe if anybody's listening to this, that is suffering with anxiety or even depression um, or suicidal thoughts or different things like that, please get help. Um, Go to the doctor take the medication. If that's what you need, go to counseling, you know, plug into a church, surround yourself with people. I am by no means in saying, Oh, here's the switch, you know, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you're going to love the Lord and he heals you. It doesn't always work that way. You know, you need to do what you need to do, but the bottom line is he is more than enough. 
um, albeit we aren't. So I, when you're talking about being with him instead of doing for him, mm-hmm. my, my scripture, the scripture that's just been resonating with me as I started this podcast is Mark three fourteen, And it says he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. They first had to be with him. Yes. And spending time in his presence and out of the overflow of that, we are able to give to other people. But if we are not primarily with him, we have nothing to give. Yeah, because then it's all on us, right? It's not really about him. It's about us. (laughs) We're We're building our own kingdom. We're not building his. That is a heavy weight to carry too, yes. to think, you know, I have the answers. It has to be an overflow of our relationship with him. Since I shared my verse, do you have a verse that has really been resonating with you right now? Um, I think I shared, you know, some of them, but yeah, primarily as trivial as it may sound to some more mature believers, I have been holding on to Psalm 1611, I mean, you know, in his presence as fullness of joy. And I And because I have battled that depression and because I have battled the anxiety and just battled feeling down because my natural inclination is to be a doer and an achiever, I'm sure there is a strength or an Enneagram number or whatever that's attached to it, but that's just who I am. That's how God made me. Yes. Um, It's very difficult to go through the season of babyhood um, because I have to put things on the back burner for right now. You know, we don't have a full-time nanny. We don't, you know, it's, it's right. me and my husband and, and close family when they can help. So I've had to kind of put things on the back burner. And because of that, it can sap my joy because I do get fulfillment out of doing things. Yes. It's just kind of how I'm wired. Yeah. So since I've had to kind of be quote unquote sidelined a little bit, I've had to really understand if I can be in his presence that day, it's been a successful day. Right. Oh, and to good. shift my mindset in that. And that's why I go back to that Psalm, because if I can be in his presence that day, no matter what happens, I know that he's with me. My mindset is there. I find joy in the situation. I'm not saying that I handle it well. Last night was not a good night for me. I'm <laughs> going to be honest. It was a very yeah. difficult night. And, you know, there isn't always that magic. Oh, I'm in his presence and great. Here's joy. It doesn't always happen that way. But I wish it did, but it doesn't always happen that way. But to just align myself mentally and emotionally and psychologically and, and physically even in a posture of submission and mm-hmm. dependence on the Lord, it really shifts my mindset and helps me kind of stay focused that it's all for him. So That's good. I, I wonder why it's so hard for us to, to go into his presence when it, it seems like it's the simplest answer, but yet we resist it sometimes. Yeah. I think too, um, some of us think that we have to have it all together to get into his presence. Mm. Sometimes there is a fear. Well, I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. Mm. Well, I'm still angry. Well, I still have unforgiveness. And so the last place we want to be is in his presence. Right. And sometimes we think too, that presence means going to church. And it's like, no, that's not only where the Lord is. He's there in your closet. He's there with you when you are on the ground with your face in the carpet crying Mm -hmm. because of something that you're going through. He's there with you when you are angry and you just want to throw something and you're punching the pillow. (laughs) He's there with all of that. And I think that if we can kind of recalibrate and go, okay, God, 
I need to get in your presence. That is the bottom line. That's what I need to do that it helps to just really reshift our focus. So. And I don't think he's standing there with arms crossed, tapping his foot, looking at us. He's got his arms wide open saying, come to me. You'll just be in my presence and it'll be all, you'll feel better. You'll just do better. You'll feel better. And because of what we have now, Julie, with all the technology, it's so much easier. Sometimes I think it's hard to actually get into the presence ourselves without some kind of help. So a lot of times I will go to Google, <laughs> type in, and I'm a worship leader. I know all the worship songs, but sometimes I'm like, I can't think of what I need, right? So I just, I type in worship in Google, you know, and I just play YouTube videos or whatever of just worship of Elevation, Hillsong, like whoever I can think of, Bethel, like just to play worship songs and that atmosphere shifts. Yeah. my heart. Yeah. That atmosphere in his presence shifts my physical mind and it just resets everything. Podcasts, you know, you can get the Bible app and listen to the Bible. You can have somebody read it to you, even if you're in a place where you just don't want to read, just push play, you know, and just have it permeating while you're driving to work or while you're doing the dishes or while you're folding right. clothes. Um, just anything where you can get into the presence of God. It's so much easier with all of the different things that we have now. Well, I feel like there's a collective exhale going on right now. And <laughs> I'm excited that my listeners get to hear this message because we all go through stuff. We're all dealing with stuff. And so to get to his presence makes the difference. Yes. So friends, after hearing Karen's story and the Kairos moment she shared with us, you are now faced with a decision. How will you respond when you encounter an unexpected plot twist in your life? I want to challenge you in the same way that Karen's pastor challenged her. Praise God for the trying season you are in. Karen said the chains started to break as she started to praise. It's not a formula but it is a response to God drawing us closer and into a deeper fellowship with him. Go ahead and subscribe and leave me a five-star review. If you do not think it is a five-star show, let me know. I created this show for you and I want it to be the best and the most valuable content that I can bring you. See you next week. 